Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. It is morning for you. Actually, no, it is good morning. How are you, Todd? I'm good. How are you? I'm just, it's my turn to be drinking some uh, stronger stuff. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. What do you have? I'll show you a picture. Uh, actually, this is an audio recording. It's a Glen Grant. It's a single malt scotch whiskey, if you like stuff like that. I love it. I do. Yeah, that's what we drink in the morning around here. <laughs> <laughs> different different part of the morning, I guess. What time is it? Uh, it's 13 minutes past 12 on the 1st of June. What time is it over there? Uh, 8.13 on Friday, May 31st. So I've had quite the morning already. <laughs> Let's start with that. How was it? Yeah. Uh, well, it was great when I first woke up and then, um, you know, kids. So it's, uh, little kids that get sick. So they, uh, I mean, as you know, they don't, they don't like understand their bodies. It was fine. I woke up to Olivia in my face saying, daddy, I just threw up. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Are you okay? No. Yeah, you know, so like we eventually figure out, and like, oh, it was probably just a little bit of phlegm, you know. She didn't think it was it was anything big, so we do our whole morning routine. Everybody, everybody goes every direction, and uh, I was driving uh, my other two to the the daycare place, and Olive or um, Jessica called me and said that Olivia threw up again at school. So, so I went over there and uh, picked her up, but you know, nothing is near each other. <laughs> so, so it takes a while, but now I'm home. Now we're, now we're doing another show. So that's good. I'm drinking my wonderful Kirkland brand K-cup coffee. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> it is, you know, not gourmet. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, your first coffee? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've I've cut back. I used to drink, gosh, I don't know, 10 years ago, I used to drink like a pot of coffee, like seriously a pot of coffee a day. Like back when I was at um, one of my first jobs that we had really good coffee in the office and I would drink it all day long and I've way cut back. So now I have like two cups at the most. So I don't know, getting older, that kind of stuff. Right? <laughs> a pot of coffee is not good. I don't say that because I have like five cups of coffee a day. I know. it's. I love the flavor, but like just the caffeine after a while, you know, it really gets to you. How do you think I'm able to talk to you at 12, 16? <laughs> do you have coffee on one side and scotch on the other? Is that what you're you're doing? No, no. Right now it's just scotch. Just the scotch. That's nice. Well, I'll be doing that later, I hope. <laughs> You have to earn it first. Later, in in another 12, 12 hours, I'll be doing that. Cool. Um, well, I hope Olivia feels better soon. Yeah, I think she will. Um, my mother's on her way down to, to watch her for the day. So, so yeah, I think she'll be okay. Cool. We have some, some follow-up. Um, we now have a website. Yeah. I think we may have contributed to um, the open source community, which is quite nice. Yes, this is where the, the soundboard would be like, ah, <laughs> if we had a soundboard. Uh, we, we can have one. Uh, maybe I put a link. What's the project that you contributed to for our listeners? 
well, you know, remember we agreed we are both quite lazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, um, I figured out that, um, with GitHub, we can have the super nice, um, GitHub pages, Jekyll hosted uh, blog, right? And, um, Jekyll has these, um, importers and they have a bunch of importers already, um, baked in, but none of them, um, cater for, um, um, RSS feeds that belong to podcasts. So, um, I took one, changed it quite a bit, extracted the, uh, enclosure tag and pointed, wrapped, wrapped the, um, audio, um, uh, URL with an HTML5 audio tag and just dumped all those in, uh, some generated, um, blog posts and, <laughs> sent a pull, pull request back to uh, those folks after um, I checked that it works for us. Um, as you might expect, I had to make like five <laughs> changes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, nice. I, I did tell them, look, I'm not a Ruby developer. I'm just improvising as I go. <laughs> but yeah, it's been fine. Um, and best of all, it works. So um, I just pointed to our core um, RSS feed and it just spits out the... Um, um, uh, spits out the um, blog post that you know for each episode including the show notes and the uh, raw audio file that's cool uh i don't think we mentioned what our website is yeah so it's uh keepintouch.fm yeah keepintouch.fm by the way the uh, website is open source so anyone can check it on our github and yep. if you go to keepintouch.fm there's a link to our github there so pull requests welcome if if there's yeah. something broken <laughs> cool uh, how was um, how was your event? You had a an IO extended event. We did. It went really well, actually. Yeah, we had like fifteen people showed up, and I would say at least half of those, if not more, were were new people. So our group actually um, we're pretty large. I think we're over a thousand now. Each meetup, we have somewhere around you know, thirty or forty that sign up, and I would say at least half of the people that come are our first time visitors. So, um, so that's pretty awesome. But, um, but anyway, uh, went really good. Uh, David, the, the guy that I went with, uh, he and I did a, a presentation. Um, I can put the, the link to our slides in the show notes. So we just ran through a bunch of the, the, um, the hot topics, you know, from the, the keynote and some of the things that we, uh, dove into. So it went really good. Um, people were, asking lots of questions. Uh, there were a few people that had experience with um, some of the announcements, I guess, were, um, oh, it was like technology or it was uh, things that had already been in place, but like nobody knew about it. <laughs> so some people were telling us that. So it was kind of interesting to see that they, you know, they were up up on the community um, or up on the technology already. So, so yeah, it went good. I was happy. Um, do your events run long or? We schedule them. Let's see. We schedule them for about an hour and a half for the total time. So I would say the speaker is usually around an hour, and then the rest of the time is um, just networking. Uh, we usually have food beforehand, so people eat. At GTG Wellington, we changed our approach as well. We now serve food before we do most of the talks, just to give people more time to turn up or... Because we run them usually um, after work, uh, which is funny to say. Because I think the next event we'll run is probably going to be 
just an hour long during the uh, lunch break just to create um, an opportunity for people who otherwise cannot attend so particularly parents um, we're looking at many different ways in which we can have a more inclusive uh, meetup or um, an approach that can support more diversity in, uh, in our group and we realized that if we always run them from say 5.30 to 7.30 there's kind of like the same type of person they can actually attend so we're um, we've done for Cocoa Heads we've done breakfast as well and those are quite cool really? yeah like people turn up and <laughs> coffee kind of gets people going and yeah uh, yeah, it's it's quite different. Um, every once in a while, maybe twice a year, we run events that are very informal, just getting together, chatting, nothing structured. So we might do something like this for the uh, GDG um, as well. Cool. So you're headed out soon. Another coming coming back to America. Yeah, uh, today. <laughs> yeah, I just can't stay away. Today. Oh, man, I'm keeping you up late. What time is your flight? I have to catch a couple of flights. <laughs> well, How else? So I think the first one is just after four, and the uh, long haul is just after seven. Are you going to go to sleep? Are you staying up? No, I will sleep. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, Air New Zealand has, uh, so they're not sponsored or anything, but Air New Zealand has free Wi-Fi as well. Yeah. And it's pretty oh. fast. It's pretty good. Awesome. So I imagine I'll be editing this <laughs> while I fly to the States and then I'll go to bed. So, I'm sorry, say that again, Air New Zealand. Yeah. Where does it fly from and to? I'm flying from Auckland, which is at the top of the North Island, kind of yep. top of New Zealand. I'm exaggerating. There's quite a yeah. few hundred kilometers left until you reach the top of New Zealand <laughs> to San Francisco. Okay. And then I'll be catching a lift to uh, San Jose. Nice. Yeah, and then, so I arrive kind of in the past. So I leave at 7, I think I arrive at 1, <laughs> same day. <laughs> That's very weird. Yeah, and then Sunday have a special event with um, Apple folks. Okay. And then Monday the conference starts and it lasts five days. And then on the Friday after the last few talks, I'm going to pack my bags and fly straight home. Cool. And then hopefully I don't have to fly for a while, which is... Yeah. I shouldn't be saying this because since, uh, since we met at IO, I've flown twice. So, oh, well. Twice? Yeah, I've had two flights and I'm like, that's already too much. <laughs> but there's, you know, like, they're usually like 15 minutes. We rock up straight to the gate if we fly the, um, like, if we fly in New Zealand, you don't have to be there. Wow. So it's quite convenient. That's, I remember when I was a kid, back in the 90s, late 90s, that's how it was here. Like, you would just, you'd walk all the way to the gate, everybody, you know. If you think about it as a business cost, right? I say I I wake up at, I don't know, 5.30. I'm at the airport before 7. And then I'm on a plane at 7. I'm in the office in Auckland before 8.30. And then as far as my colleagues in the Auckland office are concerned, I've just had a normal work day, you know? So I arrive roughly when they arrive and then I get home. It's a, a, a little bit on the late side, I suppose. I'm home at 7 p.m. But then... If I had to spend two hours <laughs> at the airport, oh, that would just be, I'd be forced to um, sp spend the night in Auckland, which is stupidly expensive. On either end. Yeah. Right? Two hours 
in the morning and two hours in the evening. It's an additional four hours. I mean, that's another half a work day. Yeah, so it's not good for business. So I think everyone here kind of gets that. Like, I don't want to exaggerate, but maybe three quarters of the flight are people doing stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky I don't have to go more often, but... Yeah, and, I mean, it's not like we can, don't have conference calling capabilities and all that, but sometimes, you know, being in person with another team is, you know, a world of difference. So that's why we kind of do it. Yeah. And if you plan it well in advance, the price is not too bad either. Like, I'm not even joking, but I think the taxi to the airport is more expensive than the flight itself. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it is what it is. So then you can book your parking at the airport and then you save another pocket full of money there as well. So it's it's all kind of like a spreadsheet game. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to? WWDC? Uh, I have my fingers crossed for this... Um, thing i want you know how uh, we were talking about privacy last time um mm -hmm. there's something i really want both apple and google to do uh, particularly with their mobile operating systems and that is a um, a single use permission for things like location photos contacts and what camera stuff um i just think it's super silly that you know we prompt our users to grant us you know access to photos and then an app has the option every time it launches or every time it, it's woken up in background to go and just siphon those photos oh. without the user actually knowing about it okay and what i would like to see is a, a new permission level like um, all, all, only allow permission while the app is running or always allow are the current permissions. I'd like another one that says, yes, allow, but also ask next time. Huh. Right? So just a one-off. Alternatively, I'd like to see maybe an audit or something in the system area, in the settings area to uh, to see when and for how long an app used any of these permissions. Yeah. Um, like, you know, being a parent, I take photos and videos and stuff of my kids and um it's one one of the reasons why i chose the platform i chose i i know i hope that um these photos just remain private to our family but if you know i use instagram once to to upload a photo and i grant instagram permission to uh, access my camera role um i have no confidence they they won't just go and cache my most recent right. photos to make the experience better or whatever. Right. So I'd like I'd like something like that. Um, huh. That's interesting. So I have two questions and a thought. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that model would be too tedious for users where they like they get asked like too often? Can we use your photos? And you're like, yes, yes, yes. I don't know. Like, that's the first thing that comes to mind, is if it, like, just constantly is asked. No, because look at what Google announced at I.O. this year, right? They, um, for location um, permissions, they have a new option that says um, um, only allow the app to use location while it's in foreground, right? Right, right, like iOS. Okay, yep. so iOS has had this for a very long time. And yep. all I'm saying is to create yet another option. So you have, instead of two options, you have three. The most generic and broad one is always allow. Right. The right, right. second one is 
only while the app is in foreground. And the third one would be ask me every time. Yeah. Right? So if I, as a user, am concerned or I don't trust the app or whatever, I would select ask me every time. So when the app oh. asks me again, I know it's asking me again because I chose for it to yeah. ask me again. So I think I would yeah, find that as a, you know, a compromise. It's fine. So what do you think about then, this is my part two, for the audit. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, we both do development and all of these files on your phone, all of these things have like a URI, right? Every time they're they're accessed, like we know every time, or it's possible for Instagram to report and to tell you every single time. What if there was, yeah, a mechanism to be like, oh yeah, and while you, you know, the app wasn't being used, these were the files that that Instagram used without you knowing about it. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) like this comes to mind because I was, you know, I've been doing this recent USB stuff at work. And uh, when you, you plug in a USB drive to your Android device, uh, you have to give it permission to, um, to use these particular files on the device. And that permission is remembered until you reboot the device, then the user has to say, you know, yep, you can do this again. But there is a model where uh, you can you can remember that, so the user doesn't have to. So it's kind of this, um, I guess this this um, the audit, right? The the way the auditing trail, knowing knowing what files apps are using. Yeah, um, hmm. I I really don't know what to say. Maybe it's too much. I, I'm not sure. I think as long as people are... Would anybody look at it? If people care about this information, it would be really good if they had a way to get to it. But truth be told, like your parents, my parents won't ever dig through settings to go and find audit logs and figure stuff stuff like this out. That's true. Um, so it's, it's more for, um, I don't know, savvy concerned um corporate type people like yeah. you can imagine if you're a corporate and you have an app to do say expense claims and then the app starts like siphoning all your documents like crazy <laughs> that'd be quite yeah there's that whole like we can only make our products better if we know you better you know yeah, and Apple's all differential privacy. Go and put many people in a bucket. They'll, they all kind of look like much of a muchness and they're all kind of anonymous. That was what I wanted from like... Uh, actually, no, there's something else I want from WWDC. Um, you know AR kit? Like the augmented reality stuff. Yeah. That, okay, so... Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, Apple created this... I don't want to call it standard. This format called USDZ or USDZ. Yeah, Z. I don't know what Z. <laughs> we don't know what that is. Yeah. So if you open, if you receive a, an attachment on an iOS de- device, or uh, I think even in Safari, I might be wrong. Um, can view like a an, a three D model, like a, an AR model of an object, mm-hmm. right? So the canonical example would be say IKEA, where um, they have, a, say, a USDZ um, model of a lamp, and then you can just go and extract that and place it anywhere you want. Oh, that's awesome. Right? You can kind of see it in real life. 
Yeah. Now, create... Wait, that exi- that, that does exist? Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I want to do that. You should come to WDC. Your mind will be blown. People play table tennis in AR. Uh, wow. Okay, so... Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, the thing I want, because this is, we're already at ARKit Gen 2 or version 2. What I want is uh, for Apple to enable iOS devices to create those USDC models. So you as a user, you just point your camera, start one of their special apps, and you move around the object, and then it just extracts a, a 3D model for you. And we saw this at I.O. or something like that in a presentation where that would be awesome. Where Google was doing machine learning model training using a single image. Remember they had like a like an Android figurine thing and they were they had this open source app where they just walk around the object and they take multiple snapshots um and then they just train the model from a single object. Right. So that's super cool. Now I want something like this, but to extract a 3D model. And just do away with the whole USDC thing. Like people should know what they it's just give people an easy way to create those models. Oh yeah. Because right now it's limited to 3D creative folk who understand the domain and it's quite tricky. Right. So I I kind of have like my fingers crossed that something like that can be done. That would be really cool. And I mean you can just mm. save it to your camera roll, you call it a picture, call it a three D picture, right? I mean you have to make the term that's right. Like, yeah, things that everybody would understand. And I think you would sell iPhone. Heck yeah. That'd be really cool. If you could, yeah, you could make a 3D model of any object, like my coffee cup, turn that into a 3D object and save it on my phone and place it elsewhere. I, I want that. but I... Maybe we have a product idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's way too hard. Um, I don't know. I mean... I never really looked into or deeply into how to build this thing. I just know that I this should be possible. This should be doable. Speaking of the WDC, Apple announced the iPod Touch update this week. So yeah, <laughs> I don't need to worry about. I'm just kidding. Whoever buys iPod Touches, anyway. Um. So funny. Wait, I have a tangent. Can I, I go? I have a yeah, go. So on. there's this show on Netflix called like the Two Thousands. It's just like a recap of like, you know, 2000 to 2010. Um, and the one that I was watching last night, like all about technology and like the, the dot-com bubble and Apple and, you know, how Apple came back from from the grave and, you know, how Microsoft like vanished for 10 years. It was a really good episode. And, um, and I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> what were you saying that sparked my iPod Touch. Oh, iPod, 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 sorry. Um, yeah, so, you know, they had footage where uh, Steve Jobs was, like, introducing the iPod and the iPhone. And, you know, it was interesting, like, how revolutionary that those things were. Because they weren't the first, right? No. Like, there, things existed on all of those fronts. Like, there were tablets, there were phones, there were iPods beforehand. But they all sucked, and nobody used them. And, like you know, Apple came out with these like revolutionary device and they were talking about the very first iPod and how it was just immediately like you picked it up and you had the click wheel. Remember the click wheel? Yep. And it was like, you just immediately knew how to use it and you were an expert 10 seconds later. 
That's right. There was no figuring out how to do stuff. And it's just funny because like the iPod has been around forever, <laughs> but really only 18 years or something, 19 years. The impressive product. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, like a recent one? I, I have a few iPods in the house, but if you ask me when I last used one, that would yeah, be a hard one to answer. I have a, I think I used a shuffle not too long ago. Is that the little square one? Yeah, the little square one. Yeah. I was just curious to see if iTunes still works for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the management is the hard part now, right? Correct. We've made like streaming music and having your smartphone where you can just download it. Like that is just so easy that to like have an iPod and like to plug it in, right? The old ones, you plug it into iTunes and like manage your music. I mean, at the time, it was like, this is amazing. I, you know, I can go buy a song instead of stealing it from Napster or whatever. But like now you're like, Ugh, can't I just stream this thing? Can't I just search and, you know, hit play? I I remember when I first got like a shuffle, like I, I was hanging around my neck. It was like a USB stick type thing. And I was blown away by how they uh, had multiple gestures or multiple... um commands for the same button like you could double tap to do something and triple tap to do something else and then i used the tiny wee shuffly thing and all those things still work <laughs> like 50 yeah there we go 15 years you're, you're showing me a nano aren't you product red oh there yeah. we go i have my name and i don't even have that phone number <laughs> there goes your resale value <laughs> yeah Anyway, I'd also be very excited if, uh, or very happy, and I'd be clapping. You know how I, I like to start a clap? Yeah. I'd be clapping for a, a, an Apple display. I, I have an old, not even Retina LED cinema display in my office, and I really like it. And I just want something that, you know, you plug it into your Mac and it just does everything. It needs to sound or cameras built in or whatever, but particularly like a really good display. Hmm. Um. And yeah, because I, I don't think the whole Mac Pro thing is for me. Like I don't do that much intensive kind of processing work. Right. Um, but yes, a good display would be a defty key in my box. I'd be happy with that. Cool. Do you have any uh, wish lists from Apple from WWDC? Oh, gosh, I don't know. You know, I use a MacBook Pro all day long and it's a really nice computer. So, you know, I used to use a lot of Microsoft stuff and I had a, a Surface Book and it has the touch screen. I'm kind of surprised that, you know, with all the touch things that Apple, did, that there isn't a touch screen yet, MacBook Pro. Once you have it and you start to use it, it's actually really cool. It's pretty useful, I feel like, for business, business use. You can write on it. Sometimes, like, if you're in an office in a business, like, you can't have a tablet and a computer. So I think, you know, touchscreen would be pretty cool. And hmm. you know, these computers, I have four ports on here, USB-C. That's great because they're fast and, you know, but like the world is still, <laughs> well, maybe not that bad, maybe not VGA, but like, I kid you not, right now I have like three dongles attached to be able to plug everything in. Like I have a microphone for power. It's like, it's crazy. and. I don't know. It's great that they're on the the forefront and, you know, they're doing some of this stuff, but sometimes 
like, ugh, could I just have an HDMI port? Because, you know, HDMI has finally caught on to like 70% of businesses or something. Or, you know, like all TVs have HDMI. It's like these things take so long in the greater tech industry to catch on. It's like, yeah, it's great that you're on the forefront, but sometimes like you, you got to wait a little bit for everybody to catch up. Um, otherwise, you're constantly buying dongles. So I don't know. No, I, I hear you, but if they're going to touch that MacBook Pro and they do add your uh, touchscreen, can they also add like a cellular thing? Like I just, it's a portable Mac, you know, like I don't yeah. want to have to tether to my iPhone. I just want to be able to like, they have eSIMs. It's true. Yeah, exactly. And really, how how small is a nano SIM if I have to plug yeah. a nano SIM in? Like, honestly. Probably got space in the body <laughs> for that. And it is. It's a very good portable. It doesn't really weigh too much. Like, it is an extremely powerful computer. It's the best Windows computer I've ever had. Genuinely. Like, I've had three MacBook Pros, and all of them have been the best Windows machine. <laughs> um. Yeah, cellular, that'd be cool. But I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot of other, I don't know, wish list. Because you use an iPad, right? Do you find that there's anything that nags, annoys you about your iPad? It's annoying that I can't print Google Cloud Printer thing. Either that or I, I don't know how to do it. Like, you know, you can attach all your printers. Do you know about this? Yeah. But you should you should describe it because maybe not everyone does. Yeah, so you can like attach your printers at home or at the office or whatever to your Google account. So then whenever you're using Chrome or other various Google products, you can just print to your your remote printer. So it's pretty cool. I can print from my cell phone you know, at work. I can print to my printer at home, my home printer. So it's really cool. And Apple has this too. It's called AirPrint. Is that right? Yeah, but you have to be... On the same network, I think. Oh, you do? I did. I think. But the part that frustrates me is, you know, on my iPad, of course, you know, I get thrown over to AirPrint and I don't have any other air printers. <laughs> so there's nothing there for me to print to. So it's kind of this like I have to dance through some hoops to to do some stuff. So Time to buy a new printer. I mean, my printer is really old. Like, I don't print things very often. Like, the only thing that I print are tickets, airline tickets, because... Um, huh. You guys print those? Well, let me... Did I talk about this last I don't think so. So for a long time, I printed, and then I was like, I'm going to just do the mobile app. I'm going to trust the system. Like, they've got this worked out. I'm going to do just the mobile app. So when I was flying to Google I.O., I, I apologize if I already had this story. I was flying to I.O., I was using the Spirit app, and the barcode on the Spirit app just doesn't work. Like the guy at the TSA counter told me, because like it wasn't working, you know, had my phone on the little glass thing trying to scan it. Didn't work, didn't work. And he's like, oh, you got to go get a piece of paper. So I go over, get the paper, come back to line. And he's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't work. The Spirit app, the barcodes just don't work in the phone. You got to use the paper. And I'm like, ugh, wish I knew that. So now I have like no confidence. I have zero confidence in the mobile boarding pass. I don't know. I'll have to have a backup, right? Just shove the paper in my pocket. And Have you ever considered changing airlines? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. It's just, it should work, right? 
and especially at least for us in the u.s like flying is a very high stress thing right like it's all you know it's it's just so it's like you get these huge lines and these crappy companies and you know the the people trying to keep you safe but like they're they're just doing their job and like then the stuff doesn't work and then you're more stress and I don't know. It doesn't have to be that way. And like, I asked him, I'm like, can you just like, look me up? I'm like, I know, I know there must be a database. Like my name and my flight and my whole thing is somewhere. And I'm like, can you just look me up and like verify that I'm supposed to be flying in 10 minutes from now? Cause like my flight is boarding <laughs> like right now. Of course there is Todd, because how, how else would they be able to call your name at the airport when you're late? hundred percent, hundred percent. They know, but like you know, he he's not part of that that cog of the wheel. You know, yeah. Anyway, so for me, when I fly say long haul, I don't necessarily show them the it or even the app. Like it's enough to just give them my passport. So if I give them my passport, they just like swipe it and like cool. Yeah, even that, right? Passports, like. The piece of paper doesn't really matter. Like, you know who I am. Like, literally the little book, you know, ours are blue. I don't know what color yours is. Like, black. That is not the authoritative thing. It is all of the other information that you have on me, right? Like, I could just tell you my name and boom, there's a picture, right? I mean, it it really is. Like, look up my Twitter profile. <laughs> just look me up. I mean, you when you apply for a passport right you send a photo and and your left arm and all this stuff like i know that you have my picture all of my information everything it's like why do i have to have this little piece of paper that i carry around and if i lose it you're totally screwed right if you lose your passport when you're overseas i don't know it, it's a i guess it's a um a leftover of a a time from the past right where they didn't have databases of people and like you had to have this official document because that was the only way to know if somebody was who they say they are yeah but we're also pushing back on biometrics and stuff like that right so if you oh yeah if we bought into biometrics and i'm not one to buy into it just um maybe they could do away with paper yeah like the number of times i got fingerprinted coming into the United States, I'm like, honestly, you've just done my first finger. Do you need to do the other four? Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, the first one is already a match. I mean, at what point do you cut your fingers off because (laughs) you don't want to be caught? (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's okay. Like, Like you said, they're just doing their jobs. They come to work in order to, you know, follow a script and go through a checklist like I've done this, this and that. Now I can go home and put my kids to bed. Yes. Speaking of, last time, and I got good feedback um, about uh, our segment on uh, getting the kids out of the house. How do you put your kids to bed? What's your, do you have a routine? Do you have a strategy? Um, so a little bit depends on the day. Like we don't. Do you have like school nights and weekends, like different treatments? Well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we give them a bath. Sometimes we don't. Like we don't bathe them every day. I don't know. They're just not that dirty. (laughs) Depends on that. So either Jessica or I do bath. I mean, we really, we alternate back and forth. So sometimes it's me, sometimes it's her. 
lately it's been like I will clean up the kitchen after dinner and she'll give them baths. And then um, Henry, he's pretty easy. He goes down like right away. He likes to go to bed. So that's really easy. So do you just put him down and you walk out to the room or? Yeah, I mean, we might read a book or something. If it's not too late, we read a little book. And then, um, yeah, you just put him down. He's like, he's happy to go to bed. So we'll take it while it lasts. <laughs> it's going to change. It always changes. Enjoy. <laughs> um, you know, every, I don't know, three, four months or whatever, like they change. So yeah, then the girls, we usually split up and we alternate back and forth. So Divide and conquer. Yeah, you know, each of them wants to read and... They want some time. So like last night, you know, you put somebody to bed. So tonight you put the other kid to bed. So I guess a lot of just shared responsibility. Um, so, so yeah, it's... After like say you you read them a book or whatever, do you just like turn the lights off and walk out or do you stay with them? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not the only one. Yes. No. <laughs> then it's like, you know, another... I don't know, half an hour of like dilly dallying. Do you have that term? <laughs> yeah. I was just like screwing around. They go to the bathroom 15 times. Do they ever play with their fingers in the air? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they have like a little blankie, you know, they play with their little blankie and like they just, yeah, it takes time for them to like calm down, right? Their, their brains are going like super fast. So it takes them a little while to chill out. So yeah, Jessica and I will be sitting downstairs relaxing and there's like, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? Like, you know, why is the ocean blue? Like, just random questions. Like, so it just takes them a while to to settle down. So, so yeah, we try to account for that, uh-huh. knowing that like it, it's going to be at least a half an hour of stuff after bedtime. So, you know, we don't want, we don't want them to stay up too late. So so we usually start bedtime around seven, seven fifteen, so that by the time we're like done, and they're maybe going to sleep at eight o'clock. Okay. So, yeah. How about you? Um. So we have just two girls. We have a five and a half and a almost two. Like you, our little one. She's pretty good with going to bed most most of the nights uh, she also has a nap during the day she's a, a short nap but we um we have a pretty strict routine when it comes to uh, bathing so we bathe them uh, every day um even if they just play like the the young one just stands and throws toys around and plays and you know but it's it's good like sister play fun times type thing And we also, like, brush their teeth when they're in the tub and stuff like that. So we make the most of the time. And um, whilst uh, they are playing there, usually usually me, but if it's not me, it's my husband. Uh, One of us goes and makes a bottle, a milk bottle for the two-year-old. And whilst that bottle is being prepared, the young ones to kind of like taken out of the tub and dried up and PJs on and all that stuff. They, uh, she, sorry, she goes to uh, to bed in a sleeping bag, so she can't really go anywhere. <laughs> She's constrained by that sleeping bag. Um, and um, then when I bring the bottle up, or if my husband brings the bottle up, um, as soon as the bottle's 
um, in the bedroom, the five-year-old, she comes out of the tub because she likes to have some time for herself in the tub. She comes out and then she's really quick at like drying up and we're trying to work on her reading. So she comes and she helps read books to the little one whilst she's having her bottle. And uh, as soon as the bottle's done, she kind of wraps up and wishes goodnight and whatnot. And then my husband and I take turns. Like each night is another one that puts the little one to yeah. so that, you know, we bond with each of them like this. And, and Mara, the uh, five-year-old, she comes and says, I want you. And no, I want you now because I had you yesterday and yeah. whatever. Yeah, so that's exactly the same. Yeah, it's cool. And the the little one I play I have a Sonos in the in the bedroom so we just play the same playlist with like piano and oh, cool. soothing whatever music and she she goes to bed fairly quickly sometimes it can be five minutes like today was more like twenty I think she was not very tired oh she had cake that's why uh, she had cake in uh, in the evening um, and then we go with the um, um, five-year-old and we read some more books maybe one or two books from school we turn the lights off and we have very different techniques like I uh, my, my my strategy is to just um, um, like ask her to close her eyes and I just repeat the same thing over and over again like I just sit with her uh, or on her bed or in her bed it depends and I'm just like, please close your eyes. It's time to go to bed. It's I have this saying. I say eight is late because it rhymes, so she remembers. So if it's we start at seven ish with the bath, and yeah. by eight everything's done. So then I say, hey Mara, eight is late. Oh. So so <laughs> yeah. she knows That's how to one. read. She knows how to read the uh, clock. She has a yeah. clock. She has a clock in her bedroom, so she can see that, oh, yeah, it's eight, so eight is late. So she, she accepts that eight is, is, you know, like, they oh, yeah. they accept the simplest stuff is yeah. truth, you know? Yeah. But, like, tonight she fell asleep a lot quicker than the, the young one. She had a full-on day, and, yeah, but it does take us, like, an hour, and we never let either of them kind of by themselves until they're asleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... Kids are, kids are fun. And to be honest with you, like, even if, if I knew that, you know, I put her in bed and she's just off to sleep, I still wouldn't leave her bedroom. I would still just, it's just such a nice, special time yeah. to be with them and to see them drift into that peaceful sleep and just, oh. I don't know, be able to tuck them in and go like, oh, yeah. you still need me. So amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a limited time, right? Yeah, that's right. Or right here from everybody. Well, I should let you get to sleep. You got a flight. What in thirteen hours? Plenty of time. Maybe I should also pack. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> if anyone has questions on how you put your kids to bed, they can they can follow you on Twitter, right? At at Todd Deland. Yep. That's T O Triple D E L A N D. <laughs> Yes. Is that right? And Nick, uh, if you want to talk to Nick, uh, he is on a lot of different social networks at Nick TMRO. That's right. So until next time, keep in touch. <laughs>